0: Okay, Boker Today's staff is Samech 60 And uh, we are getting near The end of the uh, this parak The Stuplakim Of Tikkun Olam and darchei shalom, um, and we'll soon be returning to Gittin. Um So let us take a look at the bottom. We pick up at the bottom of nun bet and we are dealing with the whole issue about the order of giving aliyot, and that one of the things of darchei shalom, so there shouldn't be fighting, is you have a preset order. coin lady Israel the Gemara says that's a der right, the concept of giving on honor first honor to a kohen, and the Gemara's answer is fine, but in, from the Torah perspective, the calling could be mochel, could pass it on to someone. else else, uh, and the Chazal said you shouldn't, because once you start allowing that to happen, you'll get into, again, they'll just open the door for fights. So now the Gemara says like this, um... Amrav uh, Mafna. We are five lines before the lines get wide. Middle of the line starts with the word Beis Knesset. Amrav um, Mafna. the Beis Lo, that's that you said that in the show you are not allowed to pass like to be on your. According, is not allowed to give the honor to someone else. It's only on Shabbos and Yom The There are a lot of people there, and therefore maybe there will be um, more fights because more people will be in competition for the Aliyah. Um, on Tuesday and Thursday, like if you always get only the same ten people turning up Minyan, it's more of an intimate context like the Se'uda, and you are not really afraid of fights. So the Gemara says, Aini, is this really true? Uh, but one minute, we know that Rav Huna was given the Kohen Aliyah on Shabbos and Yontiv, um, and, uh and uh you know when he wasn't a kohen so we see that actually uh even on javas and they would sometimes be mochal on their honor and you're saying that the mission does not allow that so the gemar says um shani mm-hmm. is different because even ravami and ravasi who are the most important kohanim in yisrael they were uh sort of uh you know uh, subservient to him, it was clearly recognized that he was the uncontested major authority, you know, an honored person of the area. So it wasn't even like being mochel on the cover. It was sort of like objectively understood that he's going to get, you know, Kohen. Um so that's how so, you know, so that was why. Um so and now there's an interesting little tosos, which Tosa says um I will be taking the Kamishi low, Tosa says, um Rabbi Khanano, how do you who? The Treaty that's for them that they, during the weekday they were very busy and everybody was at work and they, was, they, they only had a very small turnout to show so that's very nice that they had as big of a dominion on Tuesdays and Thursdays as they would get to turn out on Yontov okay anyway nice to know um, so that was my says like this um, uh, one minute um, okay so back to the Gemara Amar um, said um, Naktinan, we have a tradition, Ein Sham Kohen, if there's no Kohen present, um, the bundle is, uh, undone. Um, so the whole, like, the whole bundle falls apart. So the whole idea of a hierarchy and an order, if you don't have a calling you don't say okay well we'll do Levi Yisrael no the whole sort of order rests on the idea that you show the honor to the Kohen and everything sort of derives from that otherwise it's all equivalent which is an interesting concept like why not to show honor to a lady over Yisrael but the basic idea of the kidashto even though Levi is you know given a greater responsibility and role the fundamental concept of kiddushah in the midst of the kidashto fundamentally applies to a Kohen so therefore you can give anybody and any honor the Amar Bayi, okay now Tosos, by the way said Says, um, let's look at an interesting toast. So actually, I think it starts with Rashi. Yeah, let's look at Rashi. He's the Chavila. Rashi says nifsa kasher Now, what do you do? Okay, you don't have to do first Levi Israel. Do you give Levi after Yisrael? I mean, what's the story with a Levi? So Rashi's first explanation is you don't give a Levi an Ali at all, which is a little funny. Like he loses any opportunity for an Aliyah. Moria zakein of Amram. Okay, so that's one approach. She ain't fader with very makhkim levi of Israel, and misha yer to yakti, which makes the most sense. Why should levy lose out? She so says no. If there's no kohen, Levy could get like in the middle. He doesn't say, but you know, can get first, and get in the middle, it doesn't matter. But it doesn't mean that levy doesn't get an aliyah. If you take a look at Tosos, Tosos says misparda chavila. Tosos, a Reb Yitzchak, Reb Yehuda Mefarish, the kohen levi b'mokum haro'ilah, that levi gets the second aliyah. You can give a Yisrael Kohen and Levi gets the second Aliyah. Anyway, that's a different point. Okay, so... Anyway, very interesting. Three opinions. You don't give a Levi at all. You know, you give a lady the second aliyah, or you give anybody any aliyah they want. The simple sense of the gemara is that you give anybody—you know—you you give anybody—you do it in any order. Um, I think that's the general practice. Although I don't know, the, do you have any recollection of what's done when there's no kohen? Do they basically give all the aliyahs to Yisrael. Yeah,
1: you're not that many Levites, <coughs> so. It's uh-huh.
0: like, uh It feels bad. funny to yeah. say there's a lady here when I should Dafka give it Yisrael before I the lady. I
1: don't know. In the position of, like, why, yeah, you could get anything. Why are we worried about the lady not getting the first?
0: My, like, why not just give the lady the first aliyah? I think there's a sense. I think like, it's a two things. Number one is it seems like it's like putting a lady in the position of Kohain, which is like you, know, like, you know, maybe in itself of like a pagam of kuhunah or, you know, an inappropriate you know, honor or whatever. That's what we with the, with when we give it Yisrael. But then there's like not a hava mina that that's what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like a lady, it seems like, well, you know, by Yisrael, it's, under, it's more like understood, which is, I think, why the idea is, well, fine, you give a lady the second aliyah. But it's somehow more of a Blurring of the boundaries when a lady gets Kohane. Um But, yeah, I mean, it's so, but. but a yeah. like you know,
1: as a governor, we still, Levine got plenty of OLEAs. There's no cohane. Uh, so so you there. want to give there's a little, le- right? Places never get OLEAs. Ah, uh, that's a good point.
0: So it makes sense to just go ahead and give a multi to Easter well, the,
1: the other day, he choked out when there was no lady, right? Right. And did they give a. There was no cohane. There was no cohane. And
0: chose a lady. and you're a and they gave you cohane. Oh, that's interesting. Now, nobody here says not to give a lady. Cohane, right? I mean, you know, and I mean, at least, in, I mean, I guess, in the f- two out of the three positions, it, it, with that's implicit, one says you don't give a levy at all, and one says you only give him the second Aliyah, but in Rashi's opinion, that you can do any order, a levy could get Kohain, right? So that's true.
1: Who that said that?
0: Ah, <laughs> interesting <laughs> point. Okay, there you go. <laughs> That's a good point. Okay, so back to the Gemara. Um, okay, Avamar Naktinan. We also have the tradition. Ain Sham Levi. If there's no Levi, Kori A Kohen gets the second Aliyah because a all also a Levi. So, but with that the problem is that that sounds like a demotion. So we'll see about that in a minute. Says Ainie, is that really true? Rabbi Yochanan, You can't give a cohen an after a kohen lo yikra, mishum gamosh shavu because they'll think that the first one they've discovered after they gave a, they'll think people say, oh, why did they give another kohen? Didn't they already give a guy a kohen? Oh, must be that after they gave him an oliah, they found out he wasn't really a kohen. Okay, they found out maybe you know, that's, and that's why they had to give another kohen. So that'll be that'll lead to a stigma on the first guy. So you don't do it. Levi achar Levi lo yikra, and don't give a Levi after Levi mishum It's a stigma on both of them. Now, why all of a sudden by the Levi there's a stigma on both and the kohen? It's only a stigma on the, no, the first guy. Oh, uh, well, okay, we'll get to it. Anyway, the command is going to unpack that, but before we get to the command's answer, let's just first see this thing. So how can we give a Kohen after a Kohen if, tol- if there's no Levy, if we're told not to give a Kohen after a Kohen? Mm-hmm. So the says, no. Ki kam ba oso No, 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 no. You give the same Kohen Levy, yes, right, which is what we do, right? You say, enkan Kohen, yamobin, Levi, yamobin, kohen levy, or just say, yamobin, kohen levy, and you don't call a second person. So then everybody understands that, oh, he's. Uh, you know, there's no problem with him. He got the first Aliyah and he's getting the second Aliyah, and they understand it's because there's no lazy. So I just have to tell you well, there's two very funny stories. Well, one is much funnier than the other. Anyway, I was learning this in Peric way back when, 30 years ago, with Herzl Hester and Gush, um, and, uh, he's a, and he's a lazy. So we get up to this line and says, if you know, if there's no lazy, you give the same Kohain these Aliyah twice. He says, all right, but what do they really do? So, because he had never been in Shul when there was no lazy, <laughs> because he's a lazy, and he couldn't Believe that you really give the same guy the second aliyah <laughs> anyway but the other story is is that uh, Rabbi Weiss um, you know when he would uh, go visit his uh, father all over Shalom in, uh, in Israel he would always like they would always wind up going to Adel just like Teimani te- uh, Shul in the, the yeshuv there and uh, where you know they expected that when they give you somebody the aliyah he read you know the person they give the aliyah reads. so he Rabbi Weiss, wasn't ready for this so they gave him Kohen and it got up and like they were all quiet they were waiting for him to read so he said I said I don't know how I did it but somehow like I managed to get through that aliyah you know I sort of mumbled my way through that." all he said next time I went like I went there so I was ready I prepared the aliyah ahead of time so they went ahead and got the show they gave him kohen he read it perfect no problem goblin looks around and says Your mode been called Anyway so there you go all right so all right so that's what you do you give the, the aliyah twice um, anyway so the Gemara says like this. Uh, <laughs> um, so, now the Gemara wants to know the following. Why, Maishna or Levi, Dikapakam Shtehem? If you give a Levi after Levi, you're afraid that that'll cast aspersions on both of them. Some people will say, Oh, why did they give the second guy Levi? Must be the first guy wasn't really a Levi. And then other people will say, Hey, they gave that second guy a Levi, but, but, but we already had a Levi. Must be that second guy's really a Yisrael. Right? You understand? You could question either of their status. So the Merc says, why by two levies do you question, is it, will people cast dispersions on both of them, like some on one, some on the other, but by Kohen, they'll only cast dispersions on the first guy. Like, why shouldn't they say, well, maybe the second guy in real Kohen. That's why they gave him the second aliyah. So the Gemara says like this. Um, so the Merc says, Ma'ishon leviach levi dikabgam shnei that that the uh, people that cast dispersions on both of them. Dami, I love levi. One of them must not be a levi. I love so Kohen after Kohen they could say same way they could say the first guy turned out to not be a real Kohen they'll say the second guy turned out to not be a real Kohen thank you so Sigmar says no 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 it's a case where we know everybody knew that the second guy's father was a Kohen there was no question about the second guy so Sigmar says you can't say that because it's uh, say, then that would be the same case by the lazy so say it's a case where we knew the second guy's father was definitely a lazy Right? So clearly, the bright is making a difference between the Kohen scenario and the Levy one. You can't make it, a, oh, as a special circumstance. So, Ella, here's the difference. Amri, what will people say, even if they knew who the uh, who the father was? They'll say in the case of the Levy, Mamzeris Onesina Nasiv, maybe his father, even though we know his father was definitely a Levy, maybe he married a Mamzeris. Uh, and Upasli Lazari, and therefore his child is a Mamzer and loses the status of Levy. So, Hakanami, by the Kohen case also, Amri people say, we know his father was a Kohen, but maybe he married a Grusha, the Achle Lazarian his son is a chalal and not a Kohen so clearly it's possible to cast dispersions even if you know who the father is so why again by the two Kohanim are they only going to cast dispersions on the first one, and by the Levi they'll cast dispersions on both so the Gemara says no, here's the reason so-sof Levi Mi if a Kohen was a Halal which Aliyah would he get? If a Kohen was a halal, Kohen's father married a Grusha, and the Kohen is a halal, and he loses his caduceus kahuna, which aliyah would you give him? Misrael. So here's the thing, you give the first guy Kohen, and the second Kohen you give the second aliyah, right? It's not. Po- it's, there's no possible interpretation that the second guy is a halal. If the second guy was a halal, he'd be getting Yisrael. So the only possible interpretation people have is the second guy is the real Kohen, and they found out the first guy wasn't a Kohen. But by lazy and lazy, the second guy is getting the Yisrael aliyah. So you could say the second guy is really just a Yisrael status. He lost his Levi status. You could say no. The first guy was Yisrael, and they have to replace him with a real Levi. So that by the Levi after Levi, they can have both possible interpretations. whereas Cohen after Cohen, the only interpretation people will give it is that the first guy was not a real Cohen, and you had to replace him with the second guy. Okay. So now the Gemara says like this. Um, Ulama. Now, who are we afraid are going to have this misinterpretation? Eliyoshin, if it's the people that are staying in show, ha they see. Now, what do they see? So the point is, if it turned out that one of them, the first guy, wasn't really a Kohen, and you had to call up somebody in his place, right? So, what would you do? You would wind up having seven aliyot other than the first guy, because the first guy didn't count, apparently. Now, that's an interesting thought, because you could say, no, I mean, it was still a good aliyah, it's just, uh, you know, we, we messed up the order a little bit. But there's a presumption that if it really had turned out that way, then you would have completely discounted it and would have given, you know, seven aliyot other than him. So the Gemara is saying, so if actually people are staying in shul, and the have after go we don't have to be afraid they're gonna cast aspersions on the first guy, because they'll have seen that he was one of the seven Aliyot. says, so yeah." Sorry, would they? They would repeat the
1: first one, then?
0: Yeah. So obviously not, because then you could say that uh, you don't have to. As soon as you hear the second Aliyah beginning after, you know that the first was okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a funny Havamina that if it turned out that the first one was no good, you would have started after, but then you would have given, you know, uh, other Aliyot, right?
1: Imagine we say
0: uh, yeah, well, that's what we say. The Gemara isn't saying that you would say that. Um, anyway, so the Gemara says, um, and this isn't the case when somebody is missing. This was just a case like, let's just generally honor to kohanim first. Okay. Anyway, the Gemara says, so you see, nothing changes, right? You don't get a big turnout during the week. People leave show in the middle. Okay, so therefore, the problem is, people will have seen the second Aliyah. Maybe people will get upset. I can't believe this show They give somebody who wasn't a real Kohen and an Aliyah, and they walk out anyway. So, <laughs> they you ever realize that the first guy actually his aliyah did count okay so anyway that's why we don't give a coin after a coin or a levy after a levy, because since there's a clear order it will wind up casting certain aspersions um you know there's an interesting issue of the marami rittenberg about what happens to a city that's like all kohanim. you know what do you do and so on um, like if you don't really have those choices anyway so the is like this um uh, okay, Shalch Le Bnei Galilah Le Rabbi So the the, the 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 people of the Galilee sent to Rabbi Kelbo. Acharein Mi Kohen. After Kohen and Levi, what's the order? How do you divide the rest of the Aliyah between the Israeli? Okay? He didn't know. He asked to be a Tachnafka. he said to him, after you give, you get, we go, now we go to the Torah hierarchy, right? Before it was like the status hierarchy. Um, and here now we sort of introduce some intersection of Torah knowledge, but also sort of communal status. So the next level would be a who's deserving to be a parnas. A parnas is like a, like a, a leader. Um, some, often, you know, in medieval times, the parnas referred to like the uh, wealthy people, but also the uh, parnas here refers to somebody who is like a religious leader. The Gemara, another Gemara describes that a parnas is somebody who you can ask him any halacha, halacha from any topic and he'll be able to answer you right away. So that type of a person is fit to be like the rabbi of the city. Even if he's not actually the rabbi of the city, well, actually, we're going to get to fit in a minute. So the Parnass chachamim that are the rabbinic authorities in the city. Okay, that's number three. That's the first of the Yisrael. Then the next one are ones that like, are fit for the job, but there's just somebody else who's already in the job, you know, but they're fit for the job. And uh, the after them, which is really interesting, right? Because it reintroduces the sort of status thing, you know, we're now shifting to Torah, which is a, um, a meritocracy, right in theory anybody could do it it's about your abilities or whatever as opposed to like the status of Kuna the status of Livia which is like you no know, no this is like my heritage you know it's my uh, inherited status so here you're getting a little intersection of the two right so the children of those that are the uh, religious authorities they get special privileges um, that's for the early
1: minute when you are there on Shabbos you, you get the early I,
0: I know Michael is right. a pretty mocked on that I, it's, I, I, you know it feels funny to always be getting that but he wants to do it I let right. him do it. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Partly
1: because of that, I get the idea that there, there wasn't somebody who was organizing. There wasn't a gabbai, right? right. right. Uh-huh. Like people were the like if, if the if the Russian she was there that day, and he felt like he wanted to read the Torah, so he got out and everybody would make way for him. You think
0: that's things. an interesting question? I mean. Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, first right? of all otherwise have to that would really him. lead oh, yeah, to
0: fights I mean talk about leading to fights there's nobody in charge so everybody is trying to decide at the moment who's next person who's going to get up
1: Well, no, that's the sense no, I guess why do you get people, that all, sense everybody would get the, you have the, the same gone, far, if the same people came to shul every week right? Every day, the same people
0: would get aliyah right although it might be that there were multiple parnasim it might be they had multiple children the same way there are multiple kohanim you know
1: regular guy right
0: yeah well we're, going, well, we're not going to go through all seven. There'll be a few open slots at the end. Right. <laughs> okay. Like, uh, yeah. On uh, Strip you
1: know, when everybody gets something so people line up. Right. You know, or more or less order. Right, like right. Then, you know, the Rosh Hashima comes in so, oh, you go to the
0: front of the line. Maybe. Okay. You're, maybe you're right. I, I don't know. Maybe you're right. There might be more evidence from other Gemara wrote like if there was if somebody who, were,
1: <laughs> there was, who, who felt like they were able to read.
0: Right. If there was somebody who was in control, yeah. you know. I still have to, I have to tell this other joke which is a story because apparently there's one. Hasidic sect where, you know, they always gave the Rebbe Shlishi, right? And then, uh, but then the Rebbe passed away, and there wasn't another Rebbe that took his place. So the next uh, Shabbos, they, they basically just called his name waited said amen and <laughs> they read the aliyah so they were going on like this for like you know you know for for you know for months and years anyway some guy was visiting you know the uh the show and he was like aghast he says what is, this? This is crazy i think whatever he says don't worry next shabbos they'll give him hagba <laughs> Anyway, all right, so uh, so now the market is, says, uh, all right, uh, right the heads of the shuls, which is interesting because the Be- HaKnesset actually was under like you know we know this from the Shoals that they discovered you know in Israel whatever for that's at least from the Bai period that it was not the same like authority structure as the rabbinic authority right it wasn't like the big rabbis were the rabbis of the show like it was you know and who was going to be like the head and also might have been like a political you know might have been more like a question of like uh, just uh, not you know not like rabbinic authority religious authority but there was somebody who headed the show okay so they're next it's uh, the, 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 Adam, the Adam. and then afterwards it's open season and then you'll have to skip, figure it out or come up with some uh, with some system all right but again it's very interesting right the intersection here about if you would like you know rabbinic torah accomplishments but in the context of a, of a leadership capacity and also some sense of hierarchy here you know or or inherited status in terms of the children of the panasim so now the Gemara says like this. Um, so another thing that, this, that, the, that the, those people in the Galilee sent to Rabbi Malik wrote the Chumashim, the Tzibur. Can we, uh, and here, by the way, it is interesting, right, because you have people that are in the shoals and they're turning to the rabbis for guidance, and they're turning to a distant rabbi for guidance, right? So that's what's an interesting phenomenon in itself. Anyway, can we read in the Chumashim? Now, Chumashim was not a codex, was not a book, like we have it, was makes a point that for them Chumashi meant a scroll but, but there was a separate Breshit scroll and a Shemot scroll and it wasn't, it wasn't all together as the entire Hamishai Chumshay Torah it would be called a Chumash like Hamishai Chumshay Torah so one of them is a Chumash all five of them are is the Sefer Torah okay
1: written
0: with the same the same like requirement yeah so Rashi it's not clear I'm going to say, tell you in a minute what the Rambam's position is on this okay but from Rashi it sounds like the implication is yes that the only difference is that it was just a fifth of the entire thing. Okay? So can you use them in show he didn't know the answer. they went after he didn't know the answer. Midrasha, they asked in the base medrash and they concluded it, they determined it from the following statement. If you ever say Torah that one of the one of the parchments is missing, you know it's missing like I don't know, two columns, you know, three columns. One parchment somehow I would be removed in order to be fixed or something. In that case, ain't Kareembo. You can't read from it. So if you can't read from something that's like, 40, you know, like, you know, 99% of a Sefer Torah, I certainly wouldn't be able to read from something that's only 20% of a Sefer Torah. So the Gemara says, no, the lowi. that's not a good comparison. Hastam Mechaseb say That's actually an incomplete Sefer Torah. Hacha, Lo Low say, here it's a complete, gracious, Right? So even though the safer term that's incomplete has all of Braishus and all of Shmos is missing like one thing from it. it's still seen as something that's sets the Pagam. If we're talking about Kavod HaTibur right? Which is you know um, and we'll see the Kavod tibur concept in a minute right? To have something that's seen and perceived of as being like broken and chaser is different than something that's seen as whole, right? Even though it's a, you know, it's like think about Shabbos. It's better to do it on a shelling roll than on a big challah that is, has a little piece broken off from it, right? So there's a difference in terms of the perception of that issue. So we'll let's read another thing and then I want to talk about the Rambam's very important position about this and the base Joseph's interpretation of it. So now the Nura says like this, um... Rabbi Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Rabbi Yosef both say, You're not allowed to. Mishum, even though we thought that theoretically you could be, and it would be different than a safer Torah chaser, Mishum kvod ha because of the honor of the tzibur. Okay, so it sounds like, well, that ends that. You're not allowed to do it. Now, the Rambam actually, let me just grab the Rambam. No. So the Rambam, in Hilchot Sefer Torah, in Hilchot Tfila he just says, basically, 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 but in Hilchot Sefer Torah, Perik Yod, he also, I mean, you wouldn't know it from what he says there, he says, Um, so this general goes to your point there are 20 things which can invalidate a Sefer Torah and it goes you know all the cloth and the way it's written and if any one of these invalidities is present missing a letter missing this whatever it's no better than a chumash you can learn it as a study book but you don't read it and then he goes on so okay, you don't read from a chumis Barabbim, you don't read from a Sefer Torah that's chaser, from a Sefer Torah that's puzzle, end of story. Says the Kesef Mishnah on this, who is the Beit Yosef, right, for Yosef Karin, he says this in the Beit Yosef, and he passes this in Shulchan Aruch, he says, say <laughs> That actually, if all you have is a Sefer Torah puzzle, you can use it, and even make a bracha. The Rashba could not understand it because he, he said it must have been a mistake because you know the, 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 um, so and then the base, and then the says the the husband will you no if you have no other choice you're not supposed to use it but if you have no other choice maybe you're allowed to use it look the Gemara said it was only a kavod hatzibur issue okay because of khan but who but after it's a luchat issue okay so it says the shochanar. Since that's true, that, that he believes that the position of the Ramban is only you're not, but the you're allowed to use a Sefer Torah puzzle. Um Sefer Torah, you're reading, and you find an error in the middle of the aliyah. Okay, what do you do? you bring out another Sefer Torah you don't have to go back. Oh, now we have to read the whole parsha again. Turns out we were reading from a Sefer Torah that was missing a letter, right? So so why don't we have to start from the parsha at the beginning? We have the last three aliyah, we were reading from a Sefer Torah postle, right? Actually, the last ten weeks we were reading Sefer Torah, we just didn't know it. He says, no. because now what we'll do is we'll just rely on Shittah Harambam. Since you've already read from it and it's a biddy situation, the idea of not reading from a Sefer Torah puzzle is only says the Sefer Sefer L'Chathchila. Okay? shiva, o'tam Okay, and then he goes on and on, and that's basically how he passes in Shulchan Aruch, and that's basically what we do. We don't go back and do the Aliyah again, and that ultimately is relying on the position of the Rambam. Now, what would you have if actually you had it as a Likhathilah and that was your only safe Torah you had in Shul, That like you really only had a safe Torah that was possible. You were a small community, you didn't get a chance to fix it by the next Shabbos. Like could you actually lichat chila, read from it from a brachot? You know, so according to the Beis Yosef, the answer is his, you know, this Chuvah the the answer would be yes. How that actually plays out Halakha you know, because obviously there's some resistance to this idea, you know, is an interesting thing. But again, with all of this, the important issue is that the idea of Chumashim is still like a scroll, you know, that's one scroll, it's a savior or a puzzle, at what stage would this even allow, I don't know, a printed Chumash, which is so different in so many ways, right? It's not a scroll, it's not the parchment, it's not the cloth, it's like a million things, maybe that's like a completely different animal altogether. Right? How much is close enough to the model of the you know what a sefer Torah is that yeah, the Yevet it would be kosher even according to the Rambam? Okay. So now the Gemara continues. So that's in terms of the, what what constitutes a sefer Torah to read from. Now the Gemara continues going like this. Um, of Yosef Tavai, Yosef sefer aftarta also If you have a sefer of the half like we do, anybody knows your gabbai. Right? They have this printed. It's a nice big print. You know. You know. You know. It has all the haftoros together. Got the brachas in the beginning. You go to your right parasha. The haftoros a nice big print. You're not allowed to use it. You can't read from it on Shabbos. Okay. Why not? I mean, if you can't read from it on Shabbos, I don't know when you're going to be reading from it. Why not? Anyway, my um, time. Um, because it's, it shouldn't have been written. Now, what does it mean it shouldn't have been written? Because you're not supposed to write like a little segment of of a piece of Tanakh out of context. Like if you want to learn Yeshayahu? you should be learning it from all of Sefer Yeshayah. You don't just take this one Perek, okay? And therefore, since it's not appropriate to have a Sefer with, a, like, a, that's an excerpt uh, like this, then it's not something that you should use to be reading the Haftorah from the Tzibor. So the Gemara now continues and says, and it's not only a question about reading it from the Tzibor, it says, um, uh, at least according to one opinion, uh, Once you're not allowed to use it to read from, then And it's even mocked so my timer because you shouldn't be reading from it. which is interesting like what? like you can't read a patsiba but does not mean I can't even like learn from it? but it shows that same type of a resistance what does it mean to you know be learning something out of context just learning this one perek extracted from its original setting in Tanakh so first level is you know you don't actually it's certainly not appropriate as kavod hatzibor type of a thing and then the next level is maybe it's not even appropriate to be learning from it in that context
1: just to clarify yes
0: Right. Uh, yeah, so we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> so, right, we'll get to that. The Lohi, let's read this. Not only are you allowed to move it and it's not muktzah that you could use it to learn from, you could use it to read from. Now here's another issue that's more about learning than about a ritual, you know, reading. But they would uh, read from a book of Agatitas, written rabbinic stories, right, on Shabbos. Now, that's a different concern. That's not because it's a parak of Tanakh taken out of context. That's because it's Torah Shabbat Peh. And you're not supposed to be writing down Torah Shabbat Peh. But of course, you know, on Shabbos, you know, it's like the whole idea of like memorizing and reciting whatever it was. Somehow it was easier to just curl up with a good book on Shabbos rather than keep it do it from the oral memory. So, Ella, Kievan Delo Ephshar, Esvah my favorite Torah Sometimes because of our, you know we, know, we need for the sake of preserving Torah to, some, to write down Torah Shabbat. That's a general sort of theme that we know about. And therefore, and therefore, we, even though it's not ideal that it's written down, so the same is true about the Hafto, it's not Efshar. What does it mean it's not Efshar? So if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, uh Rashi says, um... Um, like, you know, what are you supposed to do? Have an entire say for Yeshayahu, have an entire say for Yechezkel, an entire say for Yermiyahu, so that, you know, it's a huge amount that you have to commission and to have written or whatever just for the few part prakim. I mean, Yeshayahu, you probably get half the Haftorahs, but anyway. But, you know, but there's still, like, it's it's a big expense. Um, so, as a result, of, so therefore, it's considered like we and people got to read Haftorah, so we have to make accommodations. Yes, it's not ideal. So what I try to do is I try to be it. I don't know if this is like other people, leah I'm not the only one, and I don't know if this is like Narish tried or not, but, um, you know, to read from like a whole Tanakh when they, you know, when I get an Aliyah rather than from the Haftarah book or from the Chumash, because at least that's like a safe, as it were, it's like a safe air problem is that sometimes the Tanakhs are, that I can find are really small, and, and my eyes are not as good as they used to be. We what? actually
1: publish a Tanakh in which the, everything is written very small except for the Haftarah sections, which are printed. Are you really? Yeah. That's yeah. hilarious. Okay. <laughs> They use it for that purpose. Yeah. So in order
0: that you read from a safer shalaim. Yeah. Again, the Gemara's idea of a safer Shalim is that you actually, you know, from a scroll, right? right? Not from something printed. Um, and whether they, the same, there's a similar value in a printed book that it be Shalane. at least you have the value. You see in the Gemara that there is a value not only for the ritual performance, but even for the learning aspect, that it be read out of a context. So, learned out of a context. So, there probably is some value, but again, it raises that question about when it's not in a scroll form, um, you know, and there are some shows, particularly in Israel, but I think there are probably some in the states that actually do have all of all of the all of the neviim that you read Haftarah's from. They actually have the scroll them in scroll form. They actually have them scribed, you know, in scroll form, and they actually read from not just from a sefer Shalane, but from a scroll. Um, so uh, you one one what?
1: Don't have your bar mitzvah there. <laughs> one large
0: scroll with all no, 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 no. Like ekei, yeah. they have a sefer Yeshayahu, they have a sefer Yirmiyahu, and I mean not all of Tanakh the sections of Nah that you actually would have towers from. Um, A couple of points. First of
1: yeah. all, it's strange that the Gemara starts by feeling that there are these uh, Saper Haftarus. i not saying you shouldn't write the safer Haftarus. <laughs> right. They're, they're safer Don't read them.
0: Right. They uh, shouldn't have been written. But, right. Exactly.
1: And, and also, the cable De I wonder if uh, the way that came about, it's, it's strange that uh, Kaelan De La Fshar to, to read it People, people like that, it's, uh, right. Uh, it's like, what's right 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 it's about we're opening race lakish one wonders if in the early days of race lakish's uh, academic career you know, uh, oh, that's he interesting didn't, uh, he didn't know
0: anything that's so, interesting when, yeah. that's an interesting lesson I was also wondering because there was like a you know there was like there was like a tradition of these uh, Shabbos shows, these agatas, like the Shi'iltos you know it's basically like it, like a, it's like you you know you open up uh, on the Parsha and you ask a question and then you go and you do an agadic type of a thing, and then you circle back. And you know there was like th- these traditions of these types of of uh, sermons essentially of agadot, and also like some people imagine that some of the stuff in like the Brachish Rabba, or you know in the Midrash Rabbah, originally you know was in the was basically like a sermon on the Parsha. Um, so I, I, I wonder, like maybe, like you know maybe for them that's not their field, you know. So <laughs> so but they want to be they want to be learning it. So for them, you know, they take it in a written form. I don't know. I do It is interesting. What does that mean? All of a sudden, this is Loefsha, Everything else they knew about that, this is Loefshahr. So, okay. Um,. Alright, so now the question says like this. Rabbi asked Rabbah. So can you write a migilah? Now migilah here means it's even less than a chumash. It means like a little, and it's similar to the Torah discussion. It's a subsection. Can I write like, I don't know, just Parshish Brashish, Parshish Noach, or even a smaller section, right? A little section of the Torah. Can I write that out in a scroll? Presumably they had chumashim. So dividing up an entire Sefer Brashid as a separate scroll. That's acceptable. That's Mostly of That's a Sefer. But how about a subsection of a Sefer? Can I just write a little section in a scroll and use it for learning purposes? Or is that a problem also? Not because of this ritual performance, but it's, taking, it's something out of context. Okay, but this is a child. Like maybe the whole year I'm going to get through one parsha. He's not going to learn the whole thing in context. Maybe that should be okay. Um, so, So we're going to see a debate. How was the Torah originally given when it was written down by Moshe? Did Moshe write each section as it occurred? Okay, and I probably first wrote all of the three sheet because that had already happened. And then he wrote each section as it were God had spoken to him and as it occurred? Or did he? was it all just known like Baal Peh until the end of the 40 years, and then he wrote the whole thing down? So the first approach is called Megillah, Megillah, and the other approach is called Chatumah, sealed. It was given as a sealed document. So if originally it was given in different sections, maybe that allows for us to acknowledge that any particular section can be its own unit okay because originally it was given as its own unit it's not like you're breaking up you know something you know in an unnatural break okay but the question could be asked either way could, we, it's a question. Even if you assume it was given in sections, came in since it was given in sections, so you could write an individual section. Or do we say no? That's just ancient history. Even the Once it was stuck together, it's stuck together. Who originally that's how it was, but now it's one indivisible unit. Okay, so that's one question. Or you could ask it even the other way. Even if it was given as one indivisible unit, do we say was given as one unit? you can't write a section came or do we say like we said before like a certain like of a like what are we supposed to do just you know if you have to teach school kids and you want them each to learn a section or whatever you want them how you, there's no way we're gonna get for everybody so we have to make exceptions I'm my way nope sorry you can't do it my time why not She's St. Carson, because I said, you can't write. (laughs) It's got to be one of those great commanders. Like, what? What does that mean? So, anyway... So Rashi says what that means is vasilu adamar It's basically just going back to the previous thing. It's an indivisible unit. It's even with eslasos slashem that could allow certain things. Writing down Torah shabbal writing a sefer of Torah. But when it comes to Torah shavichsav, right? You know, and you know the chamish shechum Torah that we have to treat with this, you know, complete sort of uh uh you know it's it's like sacrosanct, like you know you cannot, and it's completely indivisible. Okay. Um, so, Eisveh says, well, I'll ask you on this. Avhi Asta tavla, Shilzahav Hamalka made a golden tablet, in the base of Mikdash, for the base of Mikdash, where you had the Parshat Sota. So the Kohen could, when he had to write down Parshat Sota in a scroll, to just copy from that tablet. So you see that you had something written. Now, it wasn't even a safer, right? But maybe it's the same question, right? Because you, you don't care that it's a safer. The question wasn't ritual purposes. The question was, is it a problem to just pre- even for learning to present only a piece of the Torah? Right? So here but he only did it. He had it on this golden uh, tablet here. Um so Amrium Shemin Lakish Mushumab Yanai, the Aleph Bet. Yeah, the words weren't written out. They were just like Roshay Tevos, ro- ro- r- okay? Or some type of a way in which it was, uh, it, it, it signaled to the coin what he had to write, but it wasn't like the full pusuk. All right? So, my says, e, I'll ask you on this. He can't say that was the case. Teshuko say when the coin writes the Megillat Sota, Roev the Kotev, Masha Katub the Tavla. Um, he, he looks what's written on the, t- on the tablet and he writes it down on the scroll. So it sounds like he's directly writing what's on the tablet. So, Ema Kim. No, no, no He's not directly transcribing what's on this, this golden plaque He's writing based on what's written on this golden plaque but still it didn't have really the full P'sukim written out Eswe I'll ask you on this We have a bright Kodeshi V'kosev Ro'a B'tavla V'kosev Masha Katuv B'tavla so when he writes, he looks what's in this uh, on this plaque, and he writes what's written in the plaque. and what's written on the plaque? Betavla im shachav if a man slept with you; im lo if a man didn't sleep with you. quoting from the psukim except as uh, Rashi and Tosfos both point out, im shachav is not a pasuk. But okay, anyway. So, but it seems like the pasuk is really written on this cold plaque. So no, It's still not written like fully. Now, what exactly seirugin means? Are they written out of order? That may Makes it better. Rashi says it means the beginning of the pasuk is written whole; the end is just written. Rashi Prevos Okay, so it's somehow they wrote it in a way which they're signaling, like you know, this is not the actual text itself. This is not the full text. This is not the actual text, and that somehow makes it acceptable. But to presenting something as the actual text and therefore implicitly communicating, like you could learn this in ex- you know out of context, right, is a problem. Like this thing by itself, and we can't allow that. That doesn't stand by itself. It only stands in the, you know, as part of the whole larger sefer Torah. Um, So now the more says kitnae. This is based on the debate of tana'im. You do not write a section of the Torah for a child to learn from it. But if you are planning on completing, it is permissible. Now, I don't understand exactly, you know, what that means. Um, but, uh, meaning, if you're going to, w- what it means. You, you wrote the beginning, but as you learn each Parsha, you're going to add to the scroll. Yeah, so, you know, it's like cool the beginning.
1: Right. Like, yeah. So, we're going
0: to start with Brayshahs. And then, after we get that, in next in, in, in six weeks from now, we'll be done with Brayshahs. We're going to give you Noach, and we'll add Noach to it, and we'll scroll it. So, eventually, we're in the process mm-hmm. of, okay. what? that like, could be a pretty cute <laughs> project <laughs> right exactly Omer um, be actually you can't write in the, now it seems is, is he clarifying this The must a debate of tanayim so it sounds like he's actually arguing and saying no 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 you can have individual sections Like you can have from bracious to dor ha right which is essentially right parshas bracious right or you could have adva'i be which is like Okay, so you could actually have separate sections. So it sounds like Rebbe is basically okay with this. The funny thing is now, of course, you know, you go to the schools and they have a safer basis, right? <laughs> so what is it? I mean, I don't know the answer. Maybe because it's printed and it's not in a scroll context, it's sort of like the Gemara's Aleph, better or Seirugim. Like it's somehow, you know, Sends enough of a message that this is not, you know, the full context. But I don't know, Dafka, a lot of kids learn and they don't learn with an appreciation that this occurs in a larger context of, of the Torah. So, yeah
1: right? I mean, there is
0: a Right. So you mean it's sort of like a Daito L'Hashlim type of an idea. I mean, yeah.
1: You can, you can have a, the Humas. The
0: Hamishai the That's true. No, you're right. Oh, that's a good point too. It's not a Migila, It is a Humas, right? And we did say before that the Humas was okay. So that's also a very good point. Yeah. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this. Um, uh, let's go back to this earlier debate. Um, the Torah was given in individual Sections. Then I said, Behold, I have come with a Migilat sefer, a scroll of a you know a uh, of of uh, I don't know how to translate the word megilat other than scroll. Anyway, a scroll of a book which is written about me. This is David Amal talking. It's in Tihilim. uh Rashi quotes a whole midrash, which is this is about that the found sukim the Torah that made it that spoke to his legitimacy, even though he was a descendant of Ruth. Anyway, it's understood to be referring to the Torah and it calls it Migilat Sefer so presumably a book composed of Migilot, and recognizes the existence of subsections within the whole Sefer Torah um no, it was given as one indivisible unit take this Sefer Torah it doesn't call it Megilat Sefer it's one Sefer and that's at the end of Dvarim so it was one unit and that's how it was given um, what does Rabbi Yochan do with that Basuk? the Basuk sure, after all the megillot were stuck together it became a Sefer but it, was still, it wasn't given as the, originally as one unit the idach Nami a book, a, a sefer of, scro- of scrolls of sections. No, Megilah doesn't mean a section. Megila could refer to an entire Torah. I see a, fl- a, a flying, a floating uh, scroll. Okay, so therefore. Megila to me does not mean sections. Inami, no, maybe I will concede that there are a few sections which were, did have a separate status. The Amar Wavy, Levi, Shmona Parshiot Yom Shu Kama Mishkan. Eight Parshiot were said on the da, time, the day that the Mishkan was erected, because you know if the Mishkan's erected, you need to like know a lot of Halachot that now apply to Kohanim and the Korbanot and so on. What were those eight Parshiot? Even though they were not all written in the same place in the Torah, Eluhei Parshat Kohanim, the Parsha of the Kohanim and Kohanim b'nei aron, right? What's their status and so on? UParshat Levim, the role of the Kohanim in the Beit Hamikdash. Okay, which um, which. Uh, now we have a mishkan. and you got to keep the Tme'im out of the camp and different sections of the camp. What's Parshat Tme'im? So Rashi says that means when the, uh, the the people that were and couldn't bring the Korban Pesach. Um, so it's actually a narrative, which doesn't, I mean it's a narrative with a mitzvah in it, but it doesn't fit as well for this section. So Tosa says that actually it's just referring to the whole... Uh, Section in the Torah that talks about Tumas Meis and Tumas Sheretz and Tumas nizewa and all the Tumot. Okay, uparshat Achrei mot, The parshat Achrei Mot, which is interesting. That's about Yom Kippur. You didn't exactly need that on the day that the Mishkan was erected, which is Rosh Chodesh Nissan. But Rashi says, but since of course the tragedy with Bnei Aron, you know, it's connected to the tragedy of Bnei Aron. What does Aron need to enter into the sanctum and so on? So therefore, it was given at that day. Uparshat Shetu Right, not to enter in when you're drunk, which also a, a is just generally needed if you're having a mishkan, you need to know that, and B, also again, some seen as connected to the tragedy of Who Uparshat wrote the lighting of the um Bhalotra, Uparshat Para, the Para Duma, which, uh, you know, since you, everybody needed to be pure to enter into the Beisha she had to give them a way to be pure, the Mishkan. So those eight parshiyot. So therefore, what? Does is he therefore conceding that those eight parshiot were written separately? It was all given as one unit, except for these eight parshiot. It doesn't say they were written, but it does say you know. So so, but maybe at least it's saying like those actually I acknowledge like had some status you know have some separate identity and status. Maybe I'm still going to insist that it was all written all together only at one time. But if we're going to call it a, a safer of migilot, at least there is there is some sections there that I recognize as separate sections. Okay, but. That doesn't have to compromise my idea that I say that it was all given as one unit. Okay, now we have another very fascinating debate. I'm a rebelizer. Torah The Torah the majority is written down a minority is the oral law Shenamar echtovlo I will write down the majority uh, or the the you know the the the, the, uh, the enormity or but here's say this the majority of my Torah of my Torah kimozar it's like a strange thing now what does that kimozar rash means you've treated it like a foreign thing you haven't kept the Torah Tosos has another interpretation, but anyway, it says, it, most of it, Rubei Toreti is written down. Reb Yochan Amar, no, Roval Peh, the majority of the is Torah is Peh. Umiyu Pesav, the minority is in written, by the word of these things, by like the oral tradition of these things, I have given you, know, you this Torah. Vidach Nami Hakstiv, Echtov Rubei What does he do with the verse that says, I'll write down the majority of the Torah? No, Hahu, it's Mu'e Kametame. There it's like astounded. You think I could write down the majority of the Torah? (laughs) You just put a question mark at the end of it. That solves that problem. Um, Okay. Um, That would be like a strange thing to think that I could write down. That's one way of reading it. To think that you could write down the majority of the Torah. By the word of these things, so it sounds like the oral tradition is the primary. No, that's because it's so hard to learn them. So, you know, it's sort of, even though, it's even though the majority is written it's like it's not written because it's just so hard to learn it now what the heck is going on here Right? how could anybody say that the majority of the Torah is written right I mean the majority right like, you know there's like <laughs> right let's like, look at every day, right here. What? exactly so Rashi's interpretation of this is is, is is ingenious Rashi says here's the question the question is how much of Torah Shabbat Apeh is derives from what's written, and how much of it exists independently of what's written? Right. So, how much of it comes from the midrashe halacha and derives from an engagement in Torah Asab and ultimately it's it ultimately source is Torah and how much exists independently either Halacha Moshe Moshe or maybe you could talk about the although or is talking about you know things that are Doraisas right so that's interesting and you can even reframe it a little bit which is you know a question that the scholars ask which actually the Rishonim ask which is how much of the Midrash He'chazal are they really deriving from the Psukim? like they didn't know what the Halacha was they came to the Psukim, I have no idea what the Halacha is let me try to figure it out from the Pesukim and how much do they start with a Tradition of what the halacha was and then go back and find that tradition in the Pasuk. Right? Like, I know this is the halacha, it must be in the Pasuk somewhere, let me go back and find it. Right? So one could say, so you could also frame that as, is it rubo shebechzav or rubo shebalpeh? Right? Does it start fundamentally, its origin is fundamentally the psukim or its origin is fundamentally the tradition even though you go back and you, you know, reconnect it to the psukim. So the a very fascinating debate here is you know, in terms of what exactly they're they're getting at. All right, so now the Gemara says like this. Darshav Yehuda Nachmeni mitur Geminim the Rebbe Shimon Lachish. Rebbe Shul B'Nachmeni, the translator of chimen lakish or like the announcer of Rebbe Shimon Lachish, he he gave the following drasha. Kseiv k'solu chasad varim a'ela. Write these words. Kseiv ki'apiat varim a'ela by the by the by the mouth of these words, which is understood to be the oral tradition. So is it what's written? That's our covenant with God, or is it the oral tradition? Hot. Um, Kate said, so it's drym shabechsav. Iatay rishay lo omam ba'al peh. Drym shab'al peh. Iatay rishay lo omam bichsav. There's k'sov lacha as adrei melech. So what's written has to be written, and alpiyah is very melech. What's oral has to remain oral. You don't, you know, you don't. So you, you know, you don't uh, sort of uh, quote sukim by heart, or you maybe you're not supposed to anyway. But you don't turn it into a, a an oral tradition, like if you know you can quote it from memory, like you know there's a there's a whole piece about uh about uh, you know the whole tshuva of Rabbi think? Every time Khazal quoted a Pasuk, he said, wait, wait, wait. He said, One Pasuk says... Was very there's a person, like they didn't read everything. They knew these tzuchim. So I don't mean you're not allowed to quote it from memory, but it means you're not allowed to turn it into an oral tradition, that the way we know the tzuchim is because we pass it down and we memorize it and so on. No, you know, you learn Torah from what's written, and the oral tradition you keep oral. And there's a power to that, right? Because if it's written, it's very, first of all, it gives it a type of a sanctity, you know, but it also gives it a type of a uh, a concreteness and a, uh, 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 what's what, like, like a lack of a flexibility, it's written it's solid it's not changing this is it you have to work from there Right? Whereas the oral Torah right is much more about tradition and passing down and you know from Rebbe to Talmud and so on but it also allows for development and change so you want to keep each thing in its right place Um, so that's what he says and Halachot no 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 actually you can write this but you can't write Halachot now what is the this so maybe he is saying that you can actually write the Drashot okay but you cannot write the word the bottom line Halachot like the bottom line like which is you know sort of like the Mishnah again remember the Mishnah was published orally it wasn't published written okay but this is also the push against Against, to some degree codification or codification is a systematic organization of halachot but it's push against a concretization of we're going to you know write the halachot and this is going to be our book of halachot because that then just you know stultifies the whole process it freezes the whole process that's it it's just the halacha end of story the whole idea of Tosh is this ongoing type of a process another part of it could be also but of course this challenges the boundary issue you know in the Dead Sea Scrolls they found this thing I thought Pesher Nachum or whatever these Peshers which are which are which are interpretations of Torah Shavuot and they found written scrolls of certain interpretations on you know on sections of Tanakh. Um, so you could sort of say, well, it's allowed to be written because it's directly connected to something that's written, so it's allowed to be written as opposed to something which is you know the basically bottom line halacha. It's not directly in conversation with what's written. So that has to remain a separate genre. Of course, the other way of looking at that is is because that's what what makes it more of a blurring of boundaries because it is is a par- an interpretation of what's written if you write this down as well you know it gets a status that maybe it doesn't deserve cuz really at the end of the day it's just an interpretation it's not the original text um you know i saw once in the uh they had this uh, auction of about 10 years ago remember the, the like largest privately owned judaica library it was a yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lunders, uh, yeah, I remember the Lunza uh, i said mean, the Oh, are you related? I said, I'll ride anyway. But yeah. they had a they had like a very early, you know, um uh, khumish, and it was written it was a codex, but it was like written on like, you know, parchment or about something close to the vellum, maybe, you know, scribed and it was a chumish. And on one side you had like the chumish and on the other side of the page you had the Targumunculus with Trupp. With Trup. You know because they would read it, they would do the uh, they would do a Targum in, in you know, in show, but you look at it, and it all looks to be of the state of the same status, right? The, the actual Torah and the you know, so it's an interesting issue. But that's what he's saying. He's saying the things that are directly linked to the pesukim that you can write down, halachot that you can't write down. Um yeah uh, let's just re- read one more sentence um amar yoganan lokaraka to spell who greet in israel elbish field ram shabal pa taneraki apiad vaimal karaki to khabreet vaati soel so even the toshav is like you know is like um 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 im uh what's the word Im immutable and completely fixed Right? Nevertheless, our breath, our relationship with God comes through the whole process of Tershah Bapeh, which is, you know, the human involvement in interpretation and implying and that whole evolving type of a process. Very beautiful. Gemara, we will end with this.